So all y'all might sound good, man. B and H sent me a, a message that said, "Hey, we haven't forgot about you. Our mics are uh, back in stock, so you might want to go call uh, B and H." Yeah. Why would I do that? <laughs> I don't know. So you don't have the shittiest mic on the show. That's not possible anymore, bitches. That's not possible anymore. That's not bitches. possible anymore, bitches. Uh, <laughs> oh, he finally! Got I knew he was heart. talking extra shit for a reason. <laughs> yeah, look at him. He got his. He's got his fucking blowjob mic. It looks like a Welcome. big fucking cock. Welcome to the Terror Dome with your little mics, bitches. Oh, shit. Look <laughs> at this, man. This is another episode of Decoding 40. Decoding 40. What's up? This is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Raw, making all your fantasies come true. Hello, live from BK, but residing in Harlem. What's up? It's your boy, Vin. A.K.A. Vinny Pugazi, Master of Impressions. Yo, what's up? This is Alward, and I'm talking directly into the mic. Welcome to the stage, guys. <laughs> Google. I, I, I just do heroin. That sounds gross. No, y'all just trying to play me out. Oh, George. I'm being a brother. <laughs> this is a trigger warning. Killed 50 people. Politics, racism, sexual abuse. This is bullshit. Let me finish. Welcome to Decoding 40. I, I have been using this shit just in regular meetings. It's a little overkill. <laughs> I went into a meeting this morning and a woman was like, really, Mac? What are you, like, what are you Frankie Crocker? I was like, I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so you you have that on camera while you're talking to them? Absolutely. Oh, my God. This nigga wants to let know hilarious. I $1,000 for my mic. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know what is funny though. Starting to use the new mic, it's, and I take it into meetings. People take you like super serious. They're like, "Okay, okay, what else we got to do? What <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like I'm an authority on everything. Like it immediately makes me authority in in the meeting. They're like, "Well, we want to know what Mac thinks." I went in the meeting today. I was just supposed to sit there. They're like, "Mac, uh, do you want to chime in on this?" I was like, "I don't. I'm just." I'm tech support. I'm 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 wall dressing here. Why you care what I have to say? No, no, no. We want we we really like your input. On this, you, you, got a mic? you have gain. You have gain control on your mic. I do. Why is it too high? Yeah, I think so. Check, 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 check. One two, 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 one two. Can you get into it? Can you get into the mic more? Yeah, I can get close <laughs> oh, to one. Like, oh, can you get into the mic more? Can you put it in your mouth? Yeah, All right, there you go, buddy. Oh, he's baiting him. <laughs> go ahead, put the mic in your mouth. All right, like taste it, taste it. He's Back used that line throat. before. I can tell. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Put it in the back of your throat. Scratch it, it, honey. If I don't hear you gag, it's not any fun. <laughs> gag like a whore. So I had to be subjected to one of these fucking Zoom meetings from my child's school. Talk about, why don't I just cut my fucking throat? Oh, my God. They are the worst. They're fucking worse. And we, the fucking, the, the, the teach, the, the principal of the school you know what I'm saying? He get up on there talking his shit, and then the vice principal's up there, and then the fucking parents start asking dumbass questions. I'm I'm concerned about my child's screen time, and will they be on the screen for more than eight hours, bitch? Does your child have a phone right now? Your child's on the phone all fucking day, and is in front of the TV all day. You're concerned about screen time, and it's going to hurt their eyes. Get the fuck out of here with that white bullshit. Fucking kid been on a goddamn iPad since they was one years fucking old. Are you are you kidding me now? Now you're concerned about your kid's screen time. Give me a fucking break, please. Probably read about it in Newsweek. Fucking assholes. That's how it all starts. Yeah. It's, it all starts in Newsweek? 
Yep. yep. Apparently they're beating black people up like hotcakes, honey. <laughs> 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 That's old Chappelle, Chappelle joke. Do I sound too loud? Always. I mean, you're a loud motherfucker to begin with. Anyway, so. right. That's yeah. what I would say. Soft-spoken motherfucker. <laughs> Whispering at bitches' ears all his life. Hi, my name is Alaric. Hi, I'm Alaric. I'll take your picture of your pussy. I'm sorry, I have your picture. <laughs> I got, am I getting ahead of myself? I am. But I will be taking a picture of your pussy when you least expect it. And, and yes, I, I own the photograph. I own the, I own the photograph <laughs> and your vagina from now on. Do you understand when I take a picture of your vagina, it belongs to me forever? <laughs> it's copyright. Does, yeah. does he really talk like Prince? <laughs> I need you to pull your panties to the side so I can see your pussy lips. If, if need be. If need be. Really beloved. <laughs> we'll gather here tonight for the thing called life. Y'all don't remember the Alaric's, the side. You don't remember Alaric's house episode where you were going there and he was like, shirts versus blouses, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in right. five, four, three, two, one. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another exciting episode of Decoding 40. My name is Mac, a.k.a. Mr. Rock, and I am here with my main man. A.k.a. New Microphone. Hey, hot on the mic. Mr. $800 mic. Hello, guys. <laughs> 1-800-HOT-PUSSY. <laughs> Zeldot, a.k.a. the plug one to her true guy. I don't know what that means, but it's been on the top of my mind. <laughs> Fabulous. Yo, what's up? It's your boy Vin in the building. Peace, 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 peace. Like echoed himself. <laughs> <laughs> you like that shit, right? I do beatboxes too, sir. Yo, you let me warm it up, sir. Hello, the South. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. All I thought, all I saw was a dude in the closet. He <laughs> <laughs> just comes out, just stabs a chick. <laughs> he's he's the new Jerry Falwell Jr. at the show. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm not a creepy cuck. <laughs> I'm not a creepy definitely, cuck. You definitely got the creepy voice, though. You got the creepy I'll take the creep. I'll take the creep. That's the creep right. situation. <laughs> situation. So another week of complete and other chaos in America. Uh, but, uh, you know, all, all those things said DNC, RNC is happening uh, in between as we're recording these podcasts. But with all of that said, what's going on in your lives, fellas? What's going on with the construction, Al? You, it sounds quiet over there. No, they <laughs> they wanted to finish tonight. I was like, no, nah, I got to record tonight. You can't finish. Mm-hmm. So uh, this ghetto house still continues. Uh, we've been <laughs> signed up for another season. <laughs> season four. This is season four. <laughs> season one was the air conditions. Right, Only right. available on BET Plus. <laughs> <laughs> BET Plus Plus. Yeah, this shit is nuts, man. We are in the uh, sixth week now. And I, I read or heard something interesting. Um, but whatever a contractor tells you, just double that shit. So if they say it's going to be three weeks, just bank on six or seven. Mm-hmm. And this is true to form. So now we actually have walls going back up um or we have frame on half of the bathroom and walls on the other half of the bathroom so it's 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 progress um you know what alaric shout out to your brethren man it's two jamaican <laughs> brothers they hooked my shit up because i was about to fucking lose it the dude the dudes before him had framed the wall where it wasn't flush it was almost like an optical illusion so <laughs> i looked at it the first time and i was like all right cool then i went back and looked at it i was like 
what the fuck is going on? Optical illusion. It was an optical illusion. Like if you looked at it real quick, it looked like the wall was flush. But then when you look again, you're like, this nigga's in a fun house. <laughs> Turned around, the, the, the fucking walls shifted. You're like, wait, what's going on, man? That's exactly how it felt. And I was like, holy shit. They had like this um, piece of a particle board separating, which I thought they were using as some sort of leverage. Hmm. And then I started looking at you know, the wall was a, about an inch, maybe an inch and a half different from the wall. The wow. new wall was an inch and a half different from the old wall. Wow. I was like, yo, who the fuck measured this shit? Why are they so disrespectful over there, son? Yeah. Who they got working over there? First time niggas are just, I can use a hammer. Right. So <laughs> I know uh, how to put nails in walls. I'm very good brother, with hammers, uh, sir. Brother Wilson came and hooked it up. The nigga hit you with the cool runnings. Cool runnings, brethren. Just give me a yo, second. Man. You know what's so funny? There's another Jamaican dude, uh, Plunder. They look like they are... Jamaican, uh, they've they've taken Jamaican uh, classes on how how to stand as if Jamaican, <laughs> how to uh, everything, hand on the hip, lean back. I mean, it was like they both were doing it. I'm like, oh lord, it was like a fucking Fuck video shit. Yeah, it was. When, it looked like a video. When they looked at your lopsided wall, they were like, right who do this? bomba How hard is gonna be to fix this wall now, sir? <laughs> shit. And I, I know Jamaicans do this a lot, but it drives me crazy because it makes me feel like I'm not giving them the kind of response that they want. And it keeps when they say, you understand? I'm like, oh, my God. I, yes, I understand. <laughs> you understand? Yes. Yes, I do. Yes. No, no. Here's, here's the one that makes me think I'm not paying attention. Hey, here it is. Here it is. Here it I'm is. Looking, I'm, I'm looking right at you, my dude. <laughs> hey, here it is. I would have. <laughs> Oh, shit. So, uh, so let me, let me ask on? you a question. Go. So is the contractor only working on your place or is he working on multiple units at the same time? Multiple units. They're um, oh, doing okay. all of the bathrooms in the entire building. And they're about, yeah. I don't know, somewhere about 100 to 200 apartments in the uh, building. Mm. Oh, he's bleeding that dry. But the problem is he has to finish in a certain period of time or uh, they lose the loan. So mm. they're, they're working against time. and you know, the, the quality assurance is not there unless you're on top of it. So I'm actually feeling for the the senior population in our buildings because they're not going to really necessarily know to how to check framing or if the uh, wonder board has been put up properly or, mm. you know, all the little things. And yeah, so like having an even fucking wall, they might not be able to advocate for themselves enough. So it's. Yeah. It's it's a hey, little frustrating. That could that could be a little side hustle for you. You go around and uh, do the inspections for the elderly. Yeah, twenty dollars a pop. <laughs> Why are you playing? Twenty dollars a pop, playing? son. You pull out a Let's fake see, ass how, badge. How many apartments in this <laughs> fake ass badge? Uh, excuse me, uh, Miss Johnson. Uh, Miss Johnson, are, are you going to drink this bottle of whiskey right here? Because I'm going to just take this with me if you're not going to drink it. How you doing? This is a uh, Leon. I can oh, take right, this right. as a form of payment. <laughs> Yeah, this is fine. I'm, just, I'm, try, I'm trying to build my bar. I'm trying to build my I'm, bar. I'm a little concerned. And you all keep hoeing us out for drinks. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> On some fun shit, um, I watched the movie uh, Ford versus Ferrari. You guys see that? No, I didn't. No, no. It's it's actually pretty good. Um, and I tell you, Ford was the whitest thing. Of the, of the well, it, it was Matt Damon and um, Christian Bale, and yeah. I was telling my uh, my brother in law over the weekend. I said I saw it. He said he saw it too, but he couldn't help 
but wonder while he was watching it what how many black people while he watched out of this story and i was like damn that's probably true they probably came up with the design they were like yeah nah shelby did this so uh (laughs) so you know they'll probably have to revise that story in about 25 50 years but for a week let me tell you for a week i was like i think i might be a race car fan and then um the race, the whatever race was, uh, you, you see my enthusiasm already. Whatever race that was on uh, <laughs> last weekend or this weekend, I was like, nah, I'm not a race. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just watch this shit go in a fucking circle. Yeah, like, and nah, the announcers like watching this shit. The, the, the they need to get the races to start looking like the movies. That's what it exactly, exactly. Leon, Leon was putting shit on his playlist. Days of Thunder. <laughs> right, right, right. The announcers should get an Emmy. Uh, <laughs> the announcers should get Emmys just for fucking having to call that bullshit. <laughs> God damn, are you just going for? He's coming right again. And he's coming again. And he's he's kicking He's coming in again. He's coming in there we go. Here he comes again. Like, that shit is, what the fuck? <laughs> Nigga, <laughs> he deserves an award for that bullshit. He's killing no, I'm, uh, I'm back to watching the NBA. I actually watched a good NBA game last night during the playoffs. So. I thought what was really cool is that they had the, the, the audience on those virtual, virtual screens. No. I thought that was way better than what they did for baseball. Did you, did, oh, you yeah. see that? Yeah. Cutouts? No. And it's got that weird audience crowd yeah. hum but there's no audience it's just <laughs> yeah that i don't know what they're thinking on it's terrible yeah, they're just but, trying have to you guys been man. have you guys been shocked about how many shows don't work without a studio audience and how many people are able to pull it off it's been really interesting some of my favorite shows do not work for me without an audience so like i love i love bill maher i like his content without an audience it doesn't work however trevor noah i like better Without the audience, mm. it's really, really. But Trevor Noah's pulling it off. Bill Maher, Trevor Noah is growing his much. afro. I love it. He is. Yo, he is. you know he can get a cut. He's just growing his shit. Yeah, yeah. He's just he's growing like, his shit. Like, what are you gonna do? Oh, oh yeah. Right what am I do? I'm home. Yeah. But it, yeah. it plays yeah. into the na- plays into the show. He's I like wearing it. hoodies and fucking afros. I love it. <laughs> oh, speaking of Ultra Best Black, job ever. you guys listen to the Nas album? I did. I listened to it twice. I fell asleep the first time, halfway through. Listen to it again. I give it a B. I give it a solid B. I yeah. I I have to say I have I like it. When I heard that, you see the first single, I didn't really dig it. Mm. I thought nah, this is not really bumping. What he's saying, he's got some great lyrics, but when you hear it in the context of the entire album, it completely works. Yeah, but you need the song before it to sort of lead you into it. Better than he's still I struggling. Think. He's still struggling on those beats though. But uh, yeah. I did I did enjoy the album. <laughs> The I'm, cover I'm art have, is fire. The cover art is fire. I haven't gotten all the way through the album yet. It is. I'm going to have to King's listen to it. And King's concept is incredible. I love that. I'm going to have to listen to it again. The first time I listened to it, I was like, mm. I kind of breezed through it. There's, a, there's like two or three tracks that I like. You know what's crazy? I was uh, listening to um, the Purple Tape the other day and uh, Verbal Intercourse. Like that verse he has on that song is fucking dope. And then I I was listening to Shaolin versus Wu-Tang and he's got a song on there with... Um, uh, Raekwon. Mm. And he his, his shit is so dope. But like, I don't know, man. The beats on this album is, mm, I don't know, man. I, I think after dropping one of the top five albums, well, I'd say top, in the, in the top ten albums of all time, you got to just keep up with these beats, man. I don't know who's doing these beats or who's saying, yeah, this is a dope beat because I don't see it. <laughs> it's, it's, a diff- it's, it it's, it's not, it's not a, it's not a, 
Bang It in the Car album. It's a nah. listen to it in your headphones. Yeah, it's a mellow, it's a mellow cool out album. It is. In the background they, while you uh, getting stuff done. This was the perfect time to drop it because nobody's going outside. So it's just <laughs> get to your head. Those are facts. I think that I think the older these artists get our age, basically, they uh they're they, I guess they're calming down somewhat. So maybe the beats, the selection was again, I'm gonna listen to it again because I'm a Nas fan, but um yeah, eh, I'll see. I gotta listen to it. Put my beat up in the headphones. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Word. Uh-huh. Yeah. Decoding 40. What's going on in your life, Vin? Besides being a Nas fan. Uh, <laughs> um, what's going on in my life? Nothing's really going on right now, man. It's just, it, it's kind of like COVID normal right now. Just following this uh, presidential shit and, and, and just watching what's going on in the city right now. And I've, and I've said it before on the podcast, it's, this is a real bad problem right now. It's, it's sad. And, and that, you know, people are being assaulted at my job now and it's getting out of hand with the homeless problem. No one's, no one's doing anything about it. I, you know, I often go to work in the morning. I get to work. I leave my house about four uh, 30 in the morning to catch a bus. And then when I get into the city, sometimes I'll walk. Because it's not a long walk from World Trade down to South Ferry. And the amount of people are just out sleeping on the street right now is, it's like New York in the 80s right now. Like 80s and 90s is what what New York is going through right now. If you go to Times Square, you go to 34th Street, there are homeless people everywhere, yo. Some of them are getting a little crazy. So, you know, you got to make sure you got your head on the swivel. But it's like that all over the place, man. And, you know, it's fucked up, man. They need to do something about it because. You know, eventually COVID, hopefully they'll 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 solve this COVID problem. But um, you know, the, the it's bad. It's it's a bad look, man, for the city. Mm. And they're really not doing anything about it. And then I watched that Yusef Hawkins uh, documentary. <clears throat> that was dope. Yeah, let's talk let's talk about the Yusef Hawkins in a minute. Alaric, what's going on in your life, bro? Hey man, I'm back. What do you mean? Back? <laughs> Where you go? Back to work since All right. March. Yeah. Yo, it felt so good, man. First of all, I, I I planned. I had already before the job came in. I already planned to 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 run that that day, and I had set my alarm clock for five thirty. I woke up at five twenty. That's how excited I was to get back to work, man. <laughs> first day like, to go back to work. Did you? Yep. Like it was like the first day of school. You put on your brand new kicks for for real. <laughs> Outfit is laid out. For you can't real. Even sleep. For real. <laughs> Had my, good, had my T-shirt laid out on the bed, ready to go <laughs> <laughs> to work. Dude, like, it, it felt... It, <laughs> that was, I, was, I was amped to get back to work, and it is refreshing to be back on set and to sort of be doing what I, what I feel like I'm meant to be doing. And, um, but then I kind of had to remind myself, well, uh, what do I do here? Like, uh, I, I kind of, you know, you kind of forget, like, how everything is supposed to run, how things things work but no i was really excited to be back at work and um congratulations man yeah that's dope man what are you working on um can't talk about it (laughs) (laughs) i can i can say that it's a series i I can say that it's a series that i started that i started working on back in march um that's trying to find new life in this covid new covid world because they Mm. basically had to change directions because you could you can't do you can't shoot it in the way that we were doing it before. 
Like now you have to shoot it in a new, you, there's new like safety protocols, there's new mm, yeah. health protocols. So you got to do it different. And like this, this, this little job was about testing how we're going to manage it. And, um, it completely makes sense. It's different, but, um, it's, it's doable. Like My- wearing the, like you had to be on set wearing your mask all day, mm. which, I thought was going to be difficult, but you know, at some point you just sort of forget yeah, that you even have it on, you know? So Madea, that was good. Medea quarantines and social distance. That's what you're shooting right now. <laughs> Yo, hold up. It, for the for the audience out there who don't know, like, you know, Rick, Rick, a lot of times can't tell what he's doing. He can't tell us what he's doing. Right. So like four months later, Rick, <laughs> this should have come out and it'd be like Martin Scorsese starring like, you know, all these people. And Rick, like, y'all was going to set with the nigga. You know, Scorsese's cool, his eyebrows is crazy, but it was dope. You know what I'm saying? That that's when he could tell us. I haven't I haven't worked with Marty Marr yet, but Marty uh, Marr. Marty yeah. Marr. <laughs> that would be dope. Hopefully that would be soon. dope. Yeah, yes, man. man. Yes, man. That would be dope. That's dope. That's dope. And then I spent uh the weekend putting together IKEA furniture because the room right. is coming together for nice. my son. Nice. Yeah, the painting is done, the bed is assembled. It only took me Probably a total of four, four, drinks. four hours to put the bed together. <laughs> no, because I because we bought the same exact bed for my daughter. Okay. Because it's one of those beds that, that grows with them. Oh, okay. So it'll, it'll go all the way to a twin size bed. So we thought, all right, we'll just get the same bed. And um then it can't it all was coming back to me about how I put it put it together. Mm-hmm. Um the lamp put that all that stuff together. So it yeah, we just it just need to do a couple more things and uh you know he's gonna have his own yeah. you gotta take beautiful. a picture of the room when you finish man so absolutely absolutely post that shit on the 40 website he's looking good bro <laughs> that's what's up so me i um did i tell you guys i went to the chiropractor no no for the first time you know when when you get older you start to get pains and you and you get used to them because you're not used to like dealing with them so you just like kind of ignore it and you know i, I I, I sit for, you know, I work on a computer and I work very, very long hours. So I sit up in, in this chair and, and I work and I type and I type and I type and my neck is always bothering me. So like turning left and turning left. And then one, and I, I just, and then I couldn't sleep. I haven't been able to sleep. So I would like lay down and like, I would get this pain in my neck and it would just be persistent. So I was like, this is dumb. I got insurance. And I went, I went to the chiropractor. I called them up and I was like, I have a chiropractor in my network. I called, I was like, are you working? She was like, absolutely. I'm working two days a week, three days a week. So I went to the chiropractor and she treated me. And I got to admit, when I first got in the chair, I was like, yo, this is some quack science. I don't know if you guys have ever been to the, like they massage you and they got this gun and they like click, click. And they straighten you. I was like, what is this? This is some, cause I've never been a chiropractor in my life. Right. I was like, what is this shit? And then she was like, no, give it a couple of days, whatever. And let me give you this pillow. She sold me this pillow. That was $120. I'm like, do I really oh, need yeah. this? Hundred, got it. Hundred, <laughs> don't puppy just do the pillow like this yeah, right, yeah, like, right. put it between your thighs that was the 400 dollar pillow that was the 400 pillow so so, so then she was like arms yeah. and legs this she was like yo you got to come back on friday i was like yo i just can't i was like all right so i come back friday i gotta tell you man i feel so much better i haven't sleep it's not a hundred percent but I, I mean i'm sleeping i can turn my head it is a, it's it's been wonderful. So what yo, health is wealth, and I, I encourage anybody who's having who's struggling with any pain, man, go 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 get it taken care of, man. Go deal with it. Cause black as black men, we don't necessarily seek medical attention until we are forced or until it's real bad, man. 
I got to tell you, I'm sleeping better. I'm working better. Everything is, I still got to go back because I don't think I'm 100%. And also, I'm still sitting up in the chair. I'm not doing everything she told me to do. So, but, um, but overall, I, yo, I got to admit, man, I feel a thousand hmm. times better. I always, I just assume that chiropractors are only for uh, car insurance scams. Nah, so nah, I would you know, never nah. even no. Can I get an ethnicity check on the uh, chiropractor? She's uh, actually of mixed race. Which ones? Uh, I'm not gonna say. <laughs> he's, gonna <laughs> say he's gonna say he's gonna say white, <laughs> white and Italian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> shout, shout, but but I I, want, I do want to shout her. I'm not gonna shout, tell her name, but I'm I am gonna shout her out because uh, she is a, she she is an ally mixed. because. Uh, be, before before she was a white patient. White off white. Before she was a patient. Beige. First of all, she follows me on Twitter before she was a patient. And and she was one of the few people in my network. She she reached out to me. She called me. She checked on me during the Black Lives Matter thing. I wasn't a patient. She just checked on me to make sure I was all right. And it was coming from a good place. So I really want to shout her out. I, I appreciate her as a person. So, Does she um, listen to the show? No. I don't Did think so. Did you tell so. her about the show? Yeah, yeah, she knows about the show. Yeah, yeah she knows oh. about the show. I got a question. I was listening to your fucking show. I didn't like what you said about me. <laughs> <laughs> Crack. <laughs> I hope your neck's broke now, huh? Yeah. How about that you. guy? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I got a question. You're, you're a GP. You're a general physician. Black or white? Uh, Greek. White. Male white. or female? Female. Wait, you didn't. Is black or white, Leon? Oh, you're talking to me. I thought you were talking to Mac. I'm talking to everybody. Oh, uh, oh. he's Hispanic. Uh, she was a black woman. And she left the practice. So I want to go back to her. But right now, my doctor's Indian. Hmm. White man. I think he's Muslim. You got a white man? Uh, well, I don't know you if got he's a white. white Muslim? Think, <laughs> you I don't sound know the only white Muslim doctor. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> know. In New York. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't know he's. In America, nigga. I, I don't. I, 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 I thought he was white. But then I realized that he was observing Ramadan. So I'm not really sure what his so he's not hold up. is to be honest. Not, I think he's he he might be like Persian or something. Is he is he, he's not Jesse Jackson white? He's he he's not be. no he's not white. He's not white. <laughs> Are you a white man? <laughs> he oh white, but he's not God. white. Yo, yeah. I, I had a black doctor. I had a black male doctor, and I'll never go back. And he was so rude and nasty to me. Not because he was black, it's just who he was. He was just because you were. It black. wasn't because he. It wasn't because he was. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. You know Maybe. I don't give niggas Maybe. no good service. <laughs> Doctor like Ruckus, I'm black nigga. Just what you need. Doctor Ruckus, <laughs> MD, because they black. <laughs> Doctor Ruckus, MD. Doctor Ruckus. Yeah, he was. He was really super rude. And then I was looking for somebody, and somebody recommended. I went to a doctor and then some, he, he was like, I can't see you, but I can, I was supposed to see somebody else in the office and recommended me to this doctor. And she was just like amazing. She was like, no, you haven't been being treated properly and we're going to run all these tests and whatever. And I thought she was super thorough. So I just stuck with her, man. She, she, mm. she, and now it's kind of tough because like she's not taking appointments in a per in person. And it's like, I got to wait a month for an appointment and it's, and it's telehealth. So I can only see her on my phone, but you know, she's trying to stay safe, man. God bless. Shout out to the doctors, man. Yeah. Shout out to the yeah, I had a brother. Promised. I had a brother, a uh, primary uh, care physician, and he decided he was going to go uh, work for the man so he could make more money. Mm. But he was a great doctor. I was so mad. But uh, got to make that paper. No, sorry, but uh, these mortgage payments is a motherfucker. Okay, so yeah. 
I really want to help you, but yo, I can't fuck with you. No, your coverage. Is and he, not what I'm he was, now. he was that, uh, GP that, um, serviced everybody, man. Like mm. his office would just have everyone hate to see him go. Come follow us over at Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Decoding40. Be social. Peace. So we are in an interesting period because we when we're recording the show, we are right in between the the Democratic National Convention just completed and the Republican National convention has just started and i have to tell you um so i definitely want to hear your thoughts on that guys but i have to tell you um as somebody who's in marketing and, and storytelling the narrative that the democrats weaved in that convention was absolutely phenomenal and then right after that they do an interview with robin roberts and have her ask all the tough questions that the republicans would have asked so i feel like they got they did what barack's book did before he came out they got all the stuff on the table and left them with no a- ammunition Let's go through it. Did anybody watch it? First of all, which speeches did you like? Who touched your heart? Did anybody not care? I did watch the whole thing. I didn't see Kamala's speech or Biden. Because her name is Kamala. Kamala? Excuse me. Kamala. I didn't see Kamala, didn't see Kamala either. I didn't see Kamala. Uh, I'm sorry. Kam- uh, I was going to say Kamala. Kamala. <laughs> all right. Miss um, Harris. Senator Harris. VP Harris. Right. Um, no, I didn't see her speech. Not that I didn't care, but I was like, okay, you know, I, I mean, I, I knew where they were going to go. They were going to, it was going to be warm and fuzzy, you know, a lot of oatmeal cookies and, and happiness. And it was cool. I mean, you know, whatever. You don't like oatmeal cookies? Nah, I like chocolate chip. Oh man, that's racist. <laughs> <laughs> he said that's racist. I mean, I, I, I watched Michelle's speech. I saw some of Barack's speech, but you know what? It's, it's, the speech is not really what I'm interested in. I'm interested in, whatever their agenda is and what what they have planned, like concrete things. I don't want to hear about, you know, what they think about what America wants and what America needs. We've told you what we need. We've told you what our community needs and what we expect, and I need them to respond to it. And that's the only thing I'm interested in. I don't want to hear, I don't want to talk about the political theater. Not interested. We've heard that. We've heard that before. You've been doing that for the last two fucking years already. Come on, let's let's get it. Now, 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 now I'm not interested in that. That those speeches are not for me. Those speeches are for whoever they're trying to convince to come on to their side of the political spectrum. When I when I what I what I want is action. Well, can I can I challenge? When I said two years, when I said two years, I meant like this election cycle. This shit is like the the same. It's the same shit every election cycle. Yeah, yeah. I I just want to challenge you on that, Rick. I I feel like. I mean, I think there are certain things that are kind of like hold true, like police brutality, mass incarceration. But I, I don't agree that we have a clear 10 point plan what black America wants. I think if you had asked 10 civil rights leaders and 10 individuals, you'll get 20 different answers about what we want. Because we're not a monolith. Right. So I, I think it's hard to address well, there's that. One, there's one thing that we do know that we need. We need for white supremacy to to not exist in this country in order for us to prosper. And there needs to be some concrete moves to to, to dismantle it. We also need for police not to be brutalizing African-Americans at this disproportionate rate. 
they either got to stop brutalizing us or start beating more white people and killing more white people. <laughs> <laughs> take your, take your pick. Take your pick. I'm but, sorry I got to beat you up, but we got to keep the numbers up. So take this ass with him, white boy. That's what you that's what you got to do. But they have to address it. There has to be something that they address that are they, they know what's killing us. They know what ills are, are falling on the black community. They know the wealth gap, the mortgage situation. They, they know that we're, we're falling behind in education. If you're not talking about concrete steps in fixing those things, because they may have different ideas from what we all have, but you got to come with a plan. You got to tell me, how are you intending to fix this issue? Because you know the issues there. You're talking about it in your speech, but you're not telling us how you're going to get there. They got the fucking receipts because they put the fucking plans in motion from the beginning. So you just got to fucking listen, go back in history and all the fucking fuckery you've done. Right. Pull out those receipts. And if they haven't been addressed or fixed, fix them. That's as simple as that. I think police brutality is addressable, though. I don't think systemic racism is addressable immediately. I think it's a process. And the reason why I'm saying that is because it's it's hidden. Right. Like it's hidden. It's buried. It's kind of baked in. My, my problem isn't isn't the brutality of the police. My problem is the lack of the prosecution of the police. I think you're always going to have bad apples in every department. It doesn't so matter what it is. you don't ask weapons? I don't that don't ask weapons. But, but that's what you just it, said. But it, but it does. Yeah, yeah. but come on. We, we've all been in a situation where we got somebody in the crew that need their ass whooped. Like, we've, like, By I don't want to take that. Yo. Mm, no. <laughs> no, sir. No. Wait, you ain't, ne- hold up. You never watched the video and you was like, yeah, he had that coming. You ain't never saw that? You ain't never watched no video like that. I've seen. I, I know we. No, 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 I know no, we no, for no. the people this, and all this, that. This but, is, sometimes, no, but, no, but sometimes, but sometimes, sometimes I'm like, my dude. You, there you, is you, a you, difference. There's seen, a difference yeah. between there's difference between justice and a vigilante. One hundred percent. But I see okay, white so boys we need to put that Hold in on. perspective. Yes, I understand that. But I seen white boys on cops who talking reckless, acting reckless, spitting on the cops. Throwing punches that you, you do, you need your ass whooped because you were here wilding out. White, black, orange. You are wilding. advocating for judge and jury to be to be hand uh, and justice to be handed out on the streets. <laughs> no, I'm not. What I'm that's not, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm not saying they should be prosecuted. Okay, so what's the what's he deserves, the alternative? He deserves to get his ass beat, which means they they have convicted him of whatever injustice they felt that he's committed against society, and they're going to. They're going to give him the justice he deserves right there on the streets. That's that not is a slippery slope because ha, have okay. you have because you ever thought we be, we have become the victims of that over and over and over again because cops aren't held accountable. And the individual that you speak of, who's wilding out, for instance, maybe he's been fucked with by the police several times. Maybe he's grown up in a community where the police get fu- get fucked with him all the time. Maybe his brother's been fucked with police by all the time. He's got friends. He's he's had negative experiences with police officers outside of what he's seen through media, social media, what have you. So motherfuckers is already uh, have a hair a, a hairpin trigger at this point when it comes to police interaction. Myself, even if you know you're not doing anything, when you see a cop following you, you just your spidey senses start to tingle, man. And some motherfuckers have gotten their ass whooped by the police. Yeah. And when so, they approach by the police, 
they might get a little belligerent, especially if there's a camera around. Why not? Because they know they've been they've already been to the mountaintop of fuckery when it comes to the police interaction. What if he's a straight up dickhead and he fucks with people and that's his nature and that's the person that he is. The cops still do not have a right to serve their their brand of justice on this person who talks shit to them or questions their authority. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. So you remember that video we watched of that white guy who got way too drunk, the Trump supporter? Mm-hmm. And the woman who worked at the rest and he was at a restaurant and the woman who worked at the restaurant was just trying to calm him down and get him to sit down and right. he smacks fire out of her. Yep. Everybody jumped on him and beat his ass. Okay. Because it was absolutely incomplete. He had that ass whipping coming. How many he had that were in that group? But police or no, he had that ass whooping coming. Right. But so my just, question okay. to you, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. My question to you're you is not, this, you're not you're not seeing the difference between a police There's officer. A distinction and a between a civilian and a, a police officer. So you guys feel because they're a police officer, they don't have any emotional reaction because they're police officers. They're supposed they, to be trained they're supposed to, to have. That. They're supposed to have more restraint. So because they're police they officers, they are professional. So because they're police be officer, okay. So you guys feel like they should never lay hands on people? No, that's not your job. Listen, only your job is justified. Your and, job is to restrain okay. the person so, and get and bring them into custody. So what's justified if they are in physical threat or mm-hmm. harm or anyone else in their vicinity that they're trying to protect, not because they're having a bad day or they feel insulted by what someone is saying. I agree with that. But what about if you have someone who is reckless, endangering other people, putting other people into different you just lives? Said, you just said, you just said an important word, endangering and also other people. So what I just said was the white guy who smacked this woman and who knows what else he was going to do. And you guys were like, no, that doesn't count. No, we said that because there's not a billion to kill him. Okay, so if if, if there were police present. Yes. And they beat him. And they they beat him. him, Would you have an issue with that? First of all, those guys didn't beat him. All they did was restrain him. Okay, let's use that scenario. Cops are there. They throw him down on the floor and they beat his ass. Yes. Was that be, would that be no? Would that have no. been justified? Yes or no? No. 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 Still no. Okay. Because no. this is the you reason why. Have power to do that to him, and they're going to do it to you. The expectation is that the police, the police, whether they're whether they're receiving it or not, have been trained to deal with certain situations. Now we can talk about whether or not they're being trained enough, and they're getting adequate training, or they're doing too much in their job. That's a whole other conversation. But the belief is you receive X amount of training and you have you you receive you learn X amount of experiences throughout your job and you're supposed to handle situations differently. You just can't be busting people in the mouth just because you want to bust them in the fucking mouth. You've been trained to supposedly diffuse situations. Now, if they haven't been trained to do any of that, then I don't know what fucking police department you're working for. They're just giving you a gun and go out say and, and say, and when all else when all else fails, say you were threatened and bust your gun. I mean, it, it can't be that simple of training. I want to go back. I never answered the question, the original question. I want to answer that question. Mac, to your point, we expect police officers to act professional. And if you're telling me those guys in that scenario where they restrain that guy are able to act more professional and show more restraint than police officers, that's insane. Because none of them went to assault a guy. They literally just were trying to hold him down until the officers can get there. And that, I don't think that's outrageous or exceptional for us to, to expect police officers to carry themselves with a certain decorum. So, I, and I'm trying to learn here because... Oh, class is in session. 
Yeah, 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 let's do it. So, so <laughs> based on what you're saying, there was absolutely no justification for police to enter into physical confrontations with someone other than re- the level of restraint, unless themselves or the public are in danger where they have to exercise either forceful or lethal force. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's where police reformation comes in into play, where we need to start thinking about police should not be responding to situations that don't require a broad or a physical uh, force in this in in whatever uh, situation is going on. So I've been talking to, and I'm trying to get one of them to come on the show. Um, uh, I've been talking to two retired black police officers who have really been giving me some insight into what it's like to not only be a police officer, to be a black police officer and what some of the ramifications of the profession are. And they've really given me a lot of insight into things that we're not aware of and we're not made privy to. And, and so maybe some of that is kind of definitely clouding my judgment for sure. Um, or coloring my judgment. I won't even say clouding, but I'll say coloring my judgment, but I really want them to come on here. I, we really would like a, like a black police officer to come in and, and give an honest opinion of it because, you know, his take was like, cause I, cause a cop, a retired black cop and I got into it because I said to defund the police. I think we should mm-hmm. defund and demilitarize the police because I don't understand why police need tanks and black assault rifles. And I, I don't think they should look like they, they're going into Fallujah if they just going into, you know, Bensonhurst. So mm-hmm. uh, not Bensonhurst, Best-Eye, sorry. I think, well, Best-Eye is white too now, yeah, right? Yeah, because I was going to say, they're not going into Bensonhurst. Yeah, they're not, they're not going into Bensonhurst. So, but, but you know what I'm saying? So, I, so, And his thing was like, well, you don't understand the things that are out there. You're not aware of the things because you don't see them. There's things that are happening that you're not aware of. And, he, and, and, I, and that is true. I'm not in law enforcement by any stretch of the imagination. So, um, you know, I think, I think that, that I think law enforcement needs to have some latitude to protect us from things. But I think the problem is, is with great power comes great responsibility. And I don't think anyone's being held accountable, which is why I said what I said initially is sometimes I understand the use of force, the abuse of force without prosecution is a finer distinction that I have a challenge with. Well, the, what you're describing, a police officer being in that situation where the guy smacked a woman. And if the police officers decided that they were going to beat his ass um, as punishment for smacking that woman, they don't have the authority to do that. And they should never have the authority to do that. What they have the authority to do is to arrest him and bring him in front of a judge and jury to face the crimes that he committed. That's what their job is, not to exercise justice on the streets. They're not vigilantes. They're there to apprehend suspect who's innocent until proven guilty in front of a judge. That's what their job is. Now, if I, if the four of us are together and we see a dude smack the shit out of a woman the way that that guy smacked the shit out of her, it's our duty to beat that motherfucker's ass. You're right. But that's not their job. If we give them that kind of power, it turns on us. It has been turned on us many times mm-hmm. we can't put that in their hands it's not it's not even what they're allowed to do now and they do it imagine if they were allowed to do it what they would do with that kind of power mm-hmm. it'd be 10 times worse you get stopped mm-hmm. and they would you'd open up the window and they'd just smack you and shit mm-hmm. for nothing just, yeah. you wouldn't even open up the window they would just crash the window open <laughs> <laughs>
so going back, Rick actually stole my thunder that I have watched a few of the speeches, but I found myself not really wanting to watch them because I don't need like pretty speeches and, and nice words being told to me. I actually want to see some implementation of real policy being done that helps people who are in need of help. And I'm actually starting to think that when we say that we're not a monolith, I, I get that there's a diverse and widespread um, set of ideas and, and thoughts and, and experiences of Black people in America. But I think there are some fundamental things. And as, as we were, as you guys were talking, I was just trying to think real quickly off the top of my head, like, what are the things that we all can agree on and that we, as just either Black or Americans, can subscribe to that we want to see our politicians work on? Now, how they get completed and the to which degree they get done, that that's another conversation. I think that's where maybe the ne- negotiating comes into place. But I think for the most part, we all care about healthcare, job creation, security, criminal justice reform, environmental justice, housing and the community development, financial support for small businesses, supporting the economy and upgrading the country's infrastructure and making sure that we're safe. So making sure that the military is in balance with what we actually need and not as just a slush fund for uh, American tax dollars. Mm. So, Hello for city council. I know, right? I was thinking, you know, if I had my head on straight, I probably uh, would, but I've done too much fucked up shit in my campaign. <laughs> <laughs> my campaign no, you know, do you want this man, man to lead your district? <laughs> right, you know, you, right. Here's the, yeah. This is, this I is how he felt. You, and and I would pay off that porn star. <laughs> I would vote for you too, Elo. <laughs> if you want your, if you want your city councilman to smack a bitch, Hold up. Oh, hello. Hold up. This is look, look, we took this from episode two of Decoding 40. <laughs> <laughs> Just hear what comes out of his mouth. We'll pay him off. He could be the Donald Trump of the Democratic Party. I, I would have to be. I just would have to be like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but one of the things I do hope for, um, particularly in uh for cats that are in their twenties, and we probably will never hear this. Um, but if you're in your forties and you know people in their twenties, go tell them. I want them to start to support one another in getting into uh, local politics. So like you may have heard a few stories where there's like brothers or a bunch of sisters who um, get uh, make a pact and say, we're going to work with each other to get uh, one another through medical school or we're going to get uh, through uh, law school together. I wish and I hope that there are a bunch of uh, young people who say, we're going to support one another to get on city council. We're going to support one another to run for state office. And that, I think, is going to start to change the way young people think about politics and how it affects their lives. And also, it will it will shift, in my mind, to a more progressive-leaning agenda because young people tend to think in more progressive tones. So that's what I'm hoping. That's my hope for the future. At least that's what I'm going to start uh, pushing young people to do. Oh, the fuck, I'm going to be a campaign manager. That's for shit. I don't run. I told you, I'm not running rope. I mean, you know no. what? Only thing I, I, I would embrace having um, fundraisers at strip clubs. That would be the only thing that <laughs> might give me over. That might give me over. Hold up. Then you need to run in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> like the wire and shit. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if Marion Barry can become mayor, so can you, my friend. So can Yo, you. Yo, Marion Barry was set up. That's all I got to say about that. How you copping that fleet? How you copping that fleet from Barry? Yo, Barry he was. How you <laughs> if you if you watch the tape, he was. Says, you know how he was. You know how we always do this, and he goes, "What are you talking about?" Okay, 
but he was still a crackhead. Like, let's not get it. Like, let's not well, get it twisted. I mean, who, who hasn't made a bad decision over some vagina? That's what I'm saying. So you, so, so you saying if I smoke this crack right right now, boy, this experience is gonna be better. <laughs> Shout out to Marion Barry. Only be, uh, Marion Barry because he did do a lot of good. He did a lot of good in the hood, man. So I'll, plus, I'll, Marion Barry was a fist guy. So you know, shout out to HBCUs and yeah, we won't yeah, go yeah. forever. And going back to DNC, Kamala. Anybody see her speech? Anybody see? I'm gonna say this. I think Joe Biden brought it home. I was waiting for this old crotchety man to come on on and give this speech, and I thought his speech had a lot of spunk. And I think uh, Black Obama came back and he was swinging hard, as well as I liked. Uh, Extreme content ahead. If you find the upcoming jokes funny, you're going to hell. You've been warned. <laughs> it, it was it was heart wrenching to watch the young man, uh, Stephen, forgot his name, the young man with the stutter, who got on there and talked about how Joe Biden helped him with his stutter. That was really touching. But I just like. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah. You go to hell. Do not bring me with you to hell. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Vincent, Vince can go over there by himself. Joe. Joe. Biden. They originally scheduled three speeches that night. And they, Yo, I'm not going over there with him at all. I'm not. I'm not. Yo. Uh, whatever. That, someone, someone, someone posted his video with that old um, Bernie Mac joke where the kid was at the bus stop and every day. Uh, <laughs> he he <teased> me. <laughs> Yo. Oh, that, that young man's speech was touching, uh, and um, and of course Michelle Obama. Two minutes. It was only how, two old, minutes. how old was he? So, first of all, <laughs> how many words did he get up? Was he an adult or was uh -huh. he a young kid? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> he's a young kid. He's he's a young kid. He's like how young is young? He's like 12, 12, <laughs> 14, something like that. Something oh, like. so now I feel fucked up. You should feel fucked up. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to hell with you, B. I'm going to send you a postcard, man. Oh, man. Uh, I'm uh, stop before I get knocked it, in the head one day and shit. And I'm like, D -d -d -d. <laughs> so y'all be like, so how did it happen? So how was uh, last week, Vin? Well, I, I got knocked in the head. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Please oh. edit out all my laughing. Please. Uh, oh, wow. You're just going to leave uh, me in a fucking. Edit, in a, edit out my crying I got tears. You. Yes, Yo, thank you. That shit was hilarious. So, my, so <laughs> that, shit, that shit is that shit that shit is gold right there. That shit oh gold. my god! Oh, Yo. Jerry, it's gold. It's gold, Jerry. <laughs> so, 
And so we're, we're sorry to you. We're so sorry. We, yeah, we no, no, we're not sorry. 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 We apologize. Sorry. Oh my God. Yo. Oh my god. Yo. Well, at least we made it yo. to 62. Yo, let me tell you well, something, since, man. This, this is the last episode of the when Code you, 40. When you get no, let me tell you something. When oh you get to god. our age and being in this country and dealing with certain shit, man, oh, yo, fuck. that's if if motherfuckers is offended by that, I'm offended by a lot more shit than that. That's that all I'm gonna say. All right. <laughs> Can we move on? <laughs> so moving on. I know you thought last week was bad, but let me tell you about this week in racism. HBO released a documentary this week. Was it this week, last week, called uh, Storm Over Brooklyn? Um, it's about the Yousef Hawkins murder um, and everything that ensued around that. And for those who don't know, Yousef Hawkins was was uh, killed and murdered for absolutely no reason for being in the wrong neighborhood uh, in Bensonhurst. It's funny. That's, that's where the context of that comes from. And um, I think we were all, all of us at that time were in high school. Was it everybody was yeah. in high school, right? When that yes. happened. So I don't know how much you guys remember. I remember some of it. I was kind of in touch with it, but kind of not. Um, but this brought up a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting things. And it was actually quite a few people in the documentary that I recognized. And one of the other interesting things um, is that Patty Duke from Hot 97, who is clearly immersed in hip hop culture, was actually part of the mob that went after Yusef Hawkins um, when he was killed. And apparently nobody knew, including the station and all of his co-hosts. Um, and he has been since uh, terminated. So what do you guys think about the documentary? What do you guys think about Patty Duke? And, um, you know, what did that bring up for you guys? The documentary was done well. I remember it, but I don't remember it in that I didn't realize how many marches that they had. I didn't I didn't I remember like the key players in it. You know, it was it was just it kind of brought you back to that time and realize how how close in age we were to him. You know, I think we might have been he might have been a year older than us at that time in our lives, maybe two. I might have no, been we fourteen, fifteen. Age. We were fourteen, no. fifteen. He was 16. it was eighty nine. Sixteen and eight. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I might have been fifteen at the time because I graduated. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, your, your so, birthday. Yeah, so wasn't till it was in November. Okay. Yeah. So, but the thing is, the, the the bottom line is that we were the same age and the stupidity of that murder just the and the arrogance of of that community uh was just like shocking to me how fucking ignorant they fucking were and shit ain't change it's basically the same shit popping off right the fuck now and it, it's and to think about it like one one line um one of the brothers said i don't know if it was his brother or his friend makes a statement of they were marching in brooklyn and they had eight nine year olds calling them niggas now, those same eight and nine-year-olds are 40-somethings right now. They're living in Brooklyn right the fuck now. You know what I'm saying? They're probably still in the same neighborhood. Kids using that word, like, and just with impunity. You know what I'm saying? And it's fucked up because now these are the same kids, and it's, there's people that are still alive that were around at that time that was straight-up racist. When you watch the videos and and how how much hate they had, it was just, Jesus, man, yo. That that documentary brought a tear to my eye, man, really, because it just to see ha- what that poor mother went through 
And that that's just ridiculous. They were going to look for a fucking car, and this is what happens. It's just. I think the most heartbreaking thing was to watch his mother talk about mm-hmm. losing her son. As you can see that she still feels it to this day mm, as if course. it just happened. Yes. Um, I remember that time very distinctly, very clearly, because it was such a huge swell around. Everything was sort of touching on that. I mean, from I remember watching like Donahue and Al Sharpton being on Donahue and talking about the, the case and all of the marches that were going on. But the thing I, I don't remember is being surprised at the people in the neighborhood and the insults and the counter protest. I don't remember being surprised about that because we grew up, Vin and I grew up in a neighborhood that almost bordered Rosedale, mm-hmm. which the next town over is Valley Stream or Elmont. Mm-hmm. And those were also neighborhoods where there was a huge white population that were either they were being forced out or is white flight or whatever, but they, they felt threatened and they lashed out at kids that might come into their neighborhoods or whatever. So I don't remember being super surprised at the reaction of the people that lived in the neighborhood, but I do remember feeling like it could have been me. It felt like you know that that could have been that could have been me and then and then hip hop completely embraced what was happening there and supported it and that's what we were that's what i was into everything was about hip hop at that point in my of life course. so you know whether it was uh, you know chub rock talking about it in his song or mm-hmm. or um x clan or whoever whoever at that time was was really focusing on uh, or public enemy was focusing on injustices that were happening in New York. It's because it's weird to think about it now because now you think about New York and you're thinking, oh, it's a melting pot, right? Yeah. We've got we've but, got fucking tables and, and 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 chairs in the middle of the sidewalk. It's cool. We're not we're we're not too far from it. We're right. not too far removed in our own lifetime. Right. I want to just touch on what you said earlier, Rick. It could have been any of us. What touched me about that part uh, when they were talking about how they was riding bikes around the city. Mm-hmm. And I remember being 13, 14, 15 year olds riding bikes around the city and riding through Queens and parks. And how many times did me, you and the crew go to fucking the village or go out to the city and hang out or and never hope, you know, we got into a little mischief, but nothing like this where they were just going to get a fucking call. Like it could have been any of us going, hey, let's just take the train and go see this Fact. shit. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. we live near the subway. We live. We have access to these places, even though we lived in Cambridge Heights. We it, it was just other parts of the city that we just didn't even know how racist they were. Yeah. Like, you, I didn't know about Howard Beach until I heard about Howard Beach. I didn't know about Bensonhurst until this particular case. So right. it wasn't like you could have made the mistake and gone through a party or some shit thinking it was all good. And you got 30 white boys out there and one of them got a gun. Michael just, Griffith, who who died in the Howard Beach assault. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what, yeah. what I found interesting is, is uh, Fama, who was... Um, ultimately prosecuted and sentenced um, was like, I don't know who shot him, but I didn't shoot him. And none of my other friends and none of my friends. And none of my friends shot him either. So, you know, and that's a very mobbed up area. So at first I was like, well, you know, maybe somebody from the mob shot him and then they gave this guy the fall. But at the same time, the evidence points to him just, he bounced and disappeared and then the neighborhood hit him. No, he did it. And I don't think there's a doubt in that because, again, they they didn't really touch on all the aspects of evidence and everything in the case. 
what happened was is Sammy Bull got got what whoever and said, we got to give this kid up because these marches are fucking up our business. Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah. basically brought yeah. that motherfucking kid back. Yeah. But if it had have been a shooting and it would have been the police investigation and Sharpton didn't get a hold of this and it didn't become a, an issue, that shit would have been business as usual. Yeah. The white boy yeah. would have went upstate and gone out of the country, whatever. That's what they thought was going to happen. That's what they thought was going to happen. Of course, because there's a history of that happening and, and, ex- and it be handled exactly that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it was 89. It was, if this was, if it had been 79 or 69, shit, or 84, it could have been swept under the table. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it happened at a right time. And I think hip hop and that culture has a lot to do with blowing it up as well. Sharpton and them, they played their position. But like what you said before, Ray, hip hop had definitely, I mean, you know, it, it brought shit like that to light now. You couldn't do shit like that anymore and no one not talk about it. And shout out to Chub Rock for, for memorializing Yusuf Hawkins in that song because every time the song plays, I immediately think of that yeah. time and of that moment, man. That, that, that Chub Rock song. So my thoughts as I was watching it, um, and I still want to watch it again, but um, I, I agree with you guys that the, the pain of his mom really illuminated off of the screen. And it was it was tough to watch because um, mm-hmm. it's like I know that woman like I've she was in my neighborhood growing up and um, I, it, it was just I, I just felt it. And I was just thinking like 89 was a hot year. It was like a couple of years before and, and like coming off the uh, Tupana Brawley situation, Central Park five was in 89. Do the right thing came out that summer. Mm-hmm. So it was like, yeah. it was crazy how everything was just kind of culminating during that. And then I think that's why for me, the Yusef Hawkins thing kind of resonated because I was a little militant, but that started to put the pieces together. But I, I watching it, I realized that how much I was missing because I just hadn't, get matured to understand you know the subtleties of what was happening particularly mm-hmm. i mentioned last week in the news like the reporters were like playing that de- uh, playing up this white sensibility thing where vincent hurst it, it wasn't a racist neighborhood it was this thing just sort of, sort of happened right. and mm-hmm. if black people would just calm down we could all figure this out right. and, that, and that was just a weird thing because it's like reinforcing this idea that white people aren't racist and black people if you just play calm enough what what you think is happening will just go away, right. and we're well, uh, overreacting. Right, well, we're, well, yeah, right. We're overreacting, and them, it gave me yeah, a different look at um, David Dinkins, who was part of that programming um, of trying to uh, perform respectability politics. And if you just play nice, I can get an office, and I can change absolutely nothing, <laughs> but I can make it look like I'm changing something. Um, so that that was tough to see that. And the last thing I, I think I'll point out is the pain of all his family and friends was tough to watch. And I couldn't help but think, I wonder if any of them had pursued any therapy to kind of process that pain and anger. And from I, what I, I could tell, I didn't think that they did. And that was really tough for me to watch. I, all throughout their faces and how they were talking, I saw depression mm. mm-hmm. and unaddressed PTSD. Mm-hmm. This is the shit that we live with in the hood. Like, we get pummeled and then there's no there's no healing. Right. Right. It's like if you break your arm, but you never go to the doctor, it heals, but it heals fucked up. Right. And you, your arm's never the same again. And that was and the thing about his mom. She just looked like she could never get her breath. Mm. Like, uh, like she just could not inhale deeply enough 
to feel a full breath. When you look at her, when first thing I looked at is her eyes, because you see this face and then you just see these eyes. Mm. The same eyes she had, I, I would assume, from the time that she heard that her son was dead or saw her son dead, those eyes have they still haven't changed. Because right. if you look at her, even in, even when she was younger till now, she has the same look on her face. Her eyes is, it tell everything, the pain. And it think about just, how she was, was told with the news. Yeah, by the fucked up, doc, the fucked up ass doctor. How I, insensitive I, can you be? And and all and, and 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 even something as simple as telling someone that they lost their son, you can't have any compassion because he's a black woman and it's a black son, and and the doctors probably already presum- have so many presumptions about what this kid had to have right. done to deserve this. Yep, right. You know what I'm saying? What did he do? Not, oh my God, this kid just got shot and he's a young kid. What did this kid do to deserve this? Right. He right. had to have done or, something. Or you, you had to be expecting this moment. So yes. here's the news. Your son's Yeah, dead. yeah. Great documentary. If you haven't seen it, it go fucking see it, man. What was your and, impression, Mac? So my impression was, um, like I said, it brought me back. It was, it was, a, it was a lot of, interesting things. I'm glad they let Dinkins talk because I think sometimes Dinkins gets a bad rep. And and I think, you know, somebody's got to be first through the door. And I feel like Dinkins was that guy. And I think there was a lot of expectations around him. It's like same thing with Obama, right? Like, I think there was a lot of expectations on Obama. And, you know, you're going into a system and you are a figurehead and you don't control all of the moving pieces of it. So I really, that's what leadership is, right? Like you got to own things that you don't, ne- that you don't necessarily execute on. So, you know, I, I, I'm glad I got to see that piece of it. I thought that was interesting. The whole Patty Duke thing threw me for a loop, though, because I'm what, what was there was such a disconnect for me because it was like, how do you go and you immerse yourself into hip hop culture after mm-hmm. being involved in this? How did nobody catch that? But what also was interesting yeah. to me, I was very curious to see what Ebro in the morning, what his take is on it, because I have a lot of respect for that, too. And um I just like a lot of his perspectives. So what I learned today was that um, he was able to get his record expunged mm-hmm. and he went to work at a station before it was even Hot 97. He worked mm-hmm. at that station before it was the hip hop station and he just continued. There was no way to do a background check because his record was expunged. And so they didn't start doing background checks in 2000. And he already worked. But, but why would he want to? Why would he immerse himself because he was to working work before, became, before he was already there. All he did was produce commercials. He wasn't the the music program director. He was a he was producing commercials for the radio station. And this was before it was Hot ninety seven hip hop. He, he started there twenty six years ago before it actually turned to Hot ninety seven. This is what I heard today. What what I found so interesting is look at the difference between what they had to do to get attention on something. And what we can do now today with social media, mm, I, mm-hmm. the, this, that fun, that distinction to me was super powerful. And I was actually, I'm, I keep referencing the sister because she and I talk about. It's almost like she listens to the podcast. She, she's had this older black sister who's like a mentor of mine, and she she called me to to talk about <laughs> all this stuff. And she was like, "Yo, we didn't have social media." Because I asked her, so basically, I asked the, the sister, you know, how do you feel about this moment? Right. And she was like, I was like, I'm encouraged. I'm hopeful. She was like, yeah, that's cool. Um, but I've been here before. I was here in the late 60s. It felt like this. It felt like racism is over. We're all going to be together in Kumbaya. And then the powers that be made a decision that that was not OK for y'all to get together. And then the 80s came. Hmm. So she goes, as much as I am hopeful and I hope it works out, 
um, y'all not going to fool me with the okie doke with the Black Lives Matter, Kumbaya, and we all together. And I said, yeah, but it's a little different now. The, uh, social media has become an unintended force to prosecute injustice. And I think from that, we are able to leverage social media in a way that we couldn't before. So I and, and she was like, yeah, I get that. But I don't know. So I, I, I just found that conversation really interesting with her. I'd, I'd like to see us use that and then also see the same sort of influence and, and change occur offline, like in our political systems, in our banking institutions, in our home development and, and the way that finances flow through uh, different segments of the population. Like if we can harness that energy and take it offline, then we got some shit going on. I, I just wanted to mention one more thing in relation to that Patty Duke uh, situation. In listening to their response, because I think they held their tongue, they, they knew what was happening for a while, but they didn't do anything because they, they wanted corporate to make the, whatever decisions they were making before he was fired. So it wasn't a secret that he was necessarily swept up in the whole... And on that note, compromise infrastructure. <laughs> they didn't want you to say it, bro. Sorry. Can't say it, bro. Sorry. Mm. Thank you. For, Illuminati. Thank you for coming out. God bless you. Good night. <laughs> Reconnecting. 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 <laughs> Reconnecting. Because <laughs> we've all oh, been there. We've all been oh, there. we can hire that 10 year old kid. <laughs> So what did we learn, fellas? <laughs> we learned that they did not want Rick. To they say did not. Alaric right. want to talk you that shit. You can't go what? too far. Don't go, go too far. Mom, that took shit. What you, stop talking about white folks, Alaric. Stop <laughs> talking about white folks. You, I'm going to Forget what, about it. What, what are you guys thinking about fellas? me? This week's libation. What do you got? Uh, Uncle Nearest, 1856. I'm drinking the Bex. Titos, I'm drinking Titos, okay? I'm drinking nice. Titos. Straight? I have to t- straight. Well, ice on the rocks. Nice. All right, yo. So let's, uh, All right, uh, so let's wrap up. Yeah. Yep. So, um, <clears throat> so since we uh, lost Alaric somewhere in the cloud, what did we learn today, fellas? I'm excited because uh, I learned... That I, my request to join Black Republicans on the Facebook chat has been approved. Uh, <laughs> let the trolling begin. Let the trolling. <laughs> Super begin. troll is in the building. What what what'd you learn today, Ben? What I learned today, uh, apparently, uh, eighteen forty six. Whatever you're drinking over there it looks delicious, and um, it does look good. It looks. Delicious. How's your bar building going? How's your bar building going? <laughs> yeah okay great um, so moving on moving on so what did I learn today not a whole lot whole hell of a lot has changed um, since 1989 and I think that, mm. that that what has changed is our ability to impact the things that happen to us and I think that is is um, the power of that is empowering and encouraging but I also feel that if we don't change our direction this is going to be the end of our democracy and I think we really need to think about the decisions that we make the people that we put in power and you know who 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 we want to be individually and as a people. So 
That was beautiful, man. I mean, that was beautiful. Well, new mic, new thoughts. That was so warm and fuzzy. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you for listening to Decoding 40. Any parting words? We lost Alaric, so I'm just going to say, thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) Because he's not here, so I got mic. Peace. (laughs) Later, y'all. Decoding 40.